The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to Propaganda, brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who are offering you a 10% discount on your legal fees. As always, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. There are three things on offer until the end of January 2023. Those three things, Michael, are... Wills, probate, and conveyancing. Wills, probate and conveyancing. 15% discount on those. Same web address, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And they're doing um, phone appointments now as well for Wills, so you don't even have to leave your house. Uh, Booking system is on the website. Check out the website for details. Propaganda, then the show where we have a listen to some of the clips that are doing the rounds in the football world. Uh, some leads, some not. Rather than us intro the show, Rob, should we should we just start with, um, or should we let the Everton fans do it? I'm sure they're, they're happy. People want positivity on this show, don't they? And here it is in spades. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues podcast. It's Everton 1, Southampton 2, Everton shit, Frank Lampard's fucking useless, Bill Cameron's a knobhead, Denise Barrett-Baxon there's a little barrel. Farad Mashidi's a knobhead. The players are all shite. Everton is shite. This podcast is shite. Um, so let's just get into it, Jamie. Give us your initial thoughts on how shit Everton are. And I don't care about swearing today. Go for it. If, you, if your kids are up, you shouldn't be listening to it anyway. Send them to bed. No fucking supper. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show we're all equally as mad as each other. We're not as mad as Everton fans. Do you not think? No, they're really furious. They've got um, full... Bridsdale era vibes about them. They've spent. They've actually got a squad that costs a load of money. It's just not working. What's wrong with them though? They've got loads of money. They've, they've spent loads of money. Frank, Lam- Frank Lampard's hardly spent a penny, according to him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hard done by. They're getting a new stadium. What's wrong with them? Apart from the money he has spent, he hasn't spent any. Mm. Yeah, everything Leeds wants to be stadium on the way. All this money on players. <laughs> Promising young manager. It's what we could have had. Does he, is he young still, Frank? He's just learning his trade. Well, what, should we hear from Frank? But a little bit later on, let's save some of this towards the end. Mm. Um, like last week, I think we did the the classic shit sandwich, didn't we, on propaganda, where we got some of the, the fun stuff out of the way at the start, saved some for the end, and kind of went a bit in on leads in between. I think we're going to waver it. We're going to have a little interval, an interval of Scouse fun coming up in a bit, and we'll talk about leads. So people say this podcast is not positive enough. Oh, sometimes it's not negative enough. It's the Goldilocks problem, isn't it? You mm. need to get it just right somewhere in the middle. So let's start positive then. Skipton Welly um, sent us this. I was feeling quite positive after the match, but having watched the match ball, I feel thoroughly depressed. It was a good performance. Nonto looked good. We had some shape. Pascal's having a bit of a shocker at the back. As much as I love the big sexy pirate, I think he just needs a rest. Um, apart from that, midfield did well, and we looked dangerous. Villa were lucky tonight. We got lucky. Um, so come on, lads. Cheer up. We're going to be fine. Trust me. There you go. Trust a little, him. A little pause. Trust me. <laughs> Honestly. Honest. Yeah, I had to think about that there. Were we too negative? I mean, there was actually a accusation that some of us were being too positive on the uh, <laughs> the match ball and there was a bit of a Goldilocks scenario. Uh, I actually screenshot the comments it did make me laugh. I and mean, he doesn't seem to know uh, our names. So I'm not... We can see if you can work out who he's chatting about here. But he says, uh, <laughs> go on, bald guy in the middle. You are the blinding light. Don't let the hairy guys pull you in the, in with their positivity. You are realistic. The hairy ones are naive. I'd never class myself as particularly hairy. I'm not a hirsute it's man. All you're, quite, you're quite hirsute though, you? actually from eyebrows oh, yeah, downwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. a good good rug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see underneath the table. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. We can never get it right, can we? We can never get it right. We've even upset a villa fan actually. Oh, if we? I mentioned the YouTube comments, I noticed someone uh, <laughs> Jay Jay. VTID. Villa, 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 Villa Till I, I Die. I guess. That Either is, that yeah. or he needs to go see his doctor. Yes. I've listened to a few 
Leeds podcast this weekend. I like to get a gauge of where club fans think they're at. I have to say, this is the most bitter one I've heard. <laughs> Shame, I like Leeds as a club, but some of you don't know how to be humble. We've got to be humble in the face of the mighty villa. Mm, I don't know what... He's actually scraped just... a 2-1 win against Leeds, the greatest club in the world. People, they don't get it. It's not for, it's not for you. This is our, <laughs> It's a podcast for Leeds fans who understand where we're coming from. It's supposed to be swivel-eyed and lunatic. That's the point. You Go away. <laughs> Come on, I don't like it. Right. Um, the away end. Let's talk about the away end. Because uh, some more dissent against Marsh. We talked about this with Phil on the Phil Hay Show on Monday, actually. Saying that like it first started bubbling under, or over, if you like, against Leicester away. Never really gone away. It's kind of just been under the surface, and it's just resurfaced again, and may really bubble over against Brentford if that one goes badly. Or I can even see it getting a bit a bit mean if things don't go well against Cardiff. Mm, yeah, Chris was there. He said it was 50-50, he described it as, but then did acknowledge that the reception at the end wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, and said, which I think is probably a fair comment, in the exact same game under Bielsa, this time last year would have been okay-ish. The difference is it's never consistently worked under Marsh, so patience is thin all the time. Yeah, it's, I said that to Phil. He's got um, no kind of credit in the bank in that regard. There's mm. never been any momentum that's built up under Marsh where you think, actually, there is a bigger thing at play here and we'll be fine. It didn't seem as bad as it was at Leicester. Like, I couldn't really hear it on the telly until we mm. looked on Twitter and we saw tweets saying, oh, there was a few chance of Marsh out, whereas at Leicester you could audibly hear it on telly them seeing what the fuck is going on. So it was a better performance than that and it did feel... I mean, as much as we spoke afterwards about how much we wanted Sack Marsh, it did feel a little bit like, ah. Well, you we're in that game till the end as well. That was the thing. Leicester, it was pretty clear, pretty much from the first minute, that we weren't going to mm-hmm. get anything from that. So it's much easier to turn, I think, at that point. Whereas when you, you're still trying to, I guess, mainly support the team in, you, in a game like Villa. Yeah, you said on the, on the match ball, Michael, that the away support is kind of the litmus test for where it's always heading. This. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think of it? What do you think it's like at Ellen Road at the minute? Obviously, we haven't been there since West Ham. Uh, we will find out twice this week. Is it kind of a, has it got to that grumbly, sort of quiet grumbly level, do you think, at the minute? It's just kind of, is it waiting for something to happen? Is it waiting to boil over? Yeah, I think it, it needs to go one way or another. And I think it's it's very much veering towards a marsh exit at some point. But I guess the club's in a position at the moment where it's, we're just waiting for something on all fronts, aren't we? I know we're waiting for signings has now happened because we've, we've obviously got... Um, record signing. Record signing in. And Verb came in, you know, came right at the start of it. But waiting for an ownership change, waiting for signings, waiting for a managerial change, probably. It's just all a or, bit... Or waiting for the manager to start working to some visible extent. Yeah. Best performance of the season, apparently. Most complete, he said. The most It was since complete. he's here, isn't it? Uh, yes, which is uh, quite damning. Yeah, I mean, on that, I think on um, Moscow's match report on our blog was kind of asking the question with, this is the best we've had from Marsh. Is it really good enough? But I was actually thinking back, like, was it actually, it was definitely, there was signs of promise in there, but was it actually any different to say the game away at Leicester in his first game in charge, where we had a load of chances, Mm. squandered them and gave away a goal? And I was even looking at the the stats in that game and it's kind of like a handful of stats, so it's not... Completely indicative of it, but the, for the Leicester game, the XG, they had 0.51, we had two. Uh, we had seven shot, uh, We had 19 shots to seven, and we had 49% of the ball. Against Villa, it was XG, they had 1.24, we had 2.36. So we had a slightly lower XG against Leicester, albeit we looked like conceding fewer as well. And the shots are kind of the same, we had a bit less of the ball against Villa, and it's all just things like, it all just adds up to, it's still the same a year on, almost. Mm. Like, whether it is the most complete performance or not, I don't know. 
Well, it reminds me of saying, doesn't it? Boney M was very angered by the, oh. the complete performance thing on the feedback. He said the only thing complete about that performance was the complete balance in the technical area, which is... It's, it's gone a, in, with, gone in with both feet there. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Um, I mean, there's, there's people as well who accuse, not necessarily us, but Leeds fans in general, of being anti-American with this sentiment. And that's not it, is it? I mean, he's there are certain American characteristics to his manner like say the positivity for example but that doesn't mean that every American is like overly positive and like Ted Lasso which has been the comparison that has, has been made to him it's just it's just because he's not won many games isn't it yeah, that's yeah. All, that is really mm. all it boils down to it, and for as much as we you can talk about the things that are going wrong he never fixes them mm. Jake in Florida saying as an American fan and Leeds fan since 2005 I know great timing uh, I want to see Jesse Marsh succeed more than anyone um, but good God he's clearly not the answer for the club you can see it on his face too and he knows it He's been manager for a year. Looks like he's age 10. Uh, it's like those pictures of the American presidents before and after their terms in office. You can see him losing his mind in real time. Speaking of losing your mind, Spurs, they didn't take that well, did they? I mean, most normal right-minded people would say, yeah, that, you know, Ramsdale has got form for for that a little bit, hasn't it? But you, there's, there's a boundary there. You've just got to kind of, as a fan, you've got to suck it up. Probably don't go down to the front and boot him. No. So you know, where, where does the blame ultimately lie there, in your opinion? Well, I, I listened to Richard Keyes and it was it was pretty clear where it, whose fault it was. Ramsdale has got form of winding supporters up and apparently has been having an exchange during the course of that second half with those Tottenham fans. Uh, ben White as well, who was over there, uh, you know, 2-0 to, to Arsenal. Now, you know that... Richard, Richard, right. As footballers, you get battered from the terraces. I, I you understand. get battered. I've been called every, yeah, every name under the sun. That doesn't mean to say, sun. Jason, you can react to that. And, no, no and there's, a, there's an element of reaction, but... Of course. The, we don't know his, his, his way of winding them up. He might have just been giving them a, a, a 2-0. He might have just been doing that. Like, so, you know, there's, there's a line... My fear is, you can't and I've be said punched. it for a long time now, that the guy in the middle there is the one that's most to blame for the inflammatory behaviour touchline that winds people up. And, and if he's not behaving himself... And it's likely that others in his team are not going to either, who ultimately then becomes the master of the discipline. There isn't anyone. Talking about Arteta, of course. So Mikel Arteta made Ramsdale make that fan kick him. Correct. It's the, uh, <laughs> the argument he's making. I hope when that fan gets arrested or banned or whatever's going to happen, he goes, no, 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 it's not me. Not me you're after. <laughs> Arteta. Yeah. The daft thing is, I agree with his general take on Arteta. That's the funny thing. It's the fact that he can't let go of it. It's like, and everything comes back to that. Because Arteta is a pain in the arse. And we saw it. He, tr- he tries to run the refs. The players are all up in the refs' faces. It's probably a, a cultural thing that has been instilled within that club. But Richard Keyes, let it go. Yeah. And the, the Spurs fan who booted him as well, he must have done that and thought, oh, shit. <laughs> it's the worst. Maybe after the adrenaline subsided. What happened when you did it? <laughs> it was not me at Sheffield Wednesday, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, you're like, you, with it being a football, they probably end up getting a bloody prison sentence for that. Yeah. Which, which wouldn't be, I don't know, would that be? Would it be too harsh? Maybe, maybe. You wouldn't normally get a prison sentence for kicking someone lightly in the back. No, you wouldn't. But it's it's sort of he didn't he didn't enter the playing the playing surface though, did he? And that's the criminal offence. Oh, so if you if you can boot if someone while perched on a holding, so that's okay. Can, <laughs> really long legs. So he did he didn't enter. Yeah. So if you like Mr. Tickle, you could just <laughs> be at the edge of the ground, the state and standing. It's a good idea. You don't enter the playing surface. Yeah. Where does it start? Where does it end? Um, we've got an unhappy Liverpool fan. Should we do it now or should we save him? Let's listen to a Leeds one first. Should we do the Liverpool fan afterwards? Oh, go on. Right, so this is is Joe talking about whether things have got better or not under Jesse. The reason I think that Marsh has to go 
is because I think fundamentally the squad is better than it was last season and we are no better. In fact, I'm pretty sure we're on the exact same points tally, which by the way, Jesse, is a fucking relegation battle. (laughs) But if you look at the players we brought in, Sinistera, I know he's been injured for a while, Adams, Rocker, Aronson, Nonto, they are all fundamentally good footballers. And yet overall, we are no better than we were last season with a much weaker injury hit squad. That is on Marsh. What do you reckon to that? You agree, broadly? Broadly, yeah. The, rele- the relegation thing, he shouldn't have said that. Mm. What was he thinking? It's just obviously going to get thrown back in his face because it's, yeah. you can't, it, you look at the table. <laughs> you can't, it's a r- ridiculous denial of the truth. It's, it's, a, it's bordering on gaslighting, isn't it? But in his defence, I think what he was meaning to say was, look, there's a long way to go in the season yet. Table doesn't look great now, but there is half a season to go, so let's not panic yet. Yeah, but if we were bottom of the league by five points, you could still say, well, you know, we've got, we've got, we've still got 50 points left to play for whatever, however many games are left. You know, you, there's always potential to win every game, isn't there? But, is, is it not just someone that? with such a sunny disposition as you? That's the way you always <laughs> look, is it? But is, is it not kind of just a, a case that everything he says at the minute is just not going to land because we're not winning points or enough points? Probably, yes. But I think, I think it's when you see the disconnect between things the manager is describing and reality sometimes is a bit jarring. It's like when Warnock used to come out and say we've played really well and blame the ref for it when we'd lost 3-0 and had one shot. And you think, mm, I, you've watched a different game to me there, Neil. Squad, is it better than last season? Yeah. I, I, I would say so. I, I, yeah, I don't really buy the argument that this is a useless squad, that there's nothing Marsh can do and we're just, we're hitting that Premier League glass ceiling. Like, especially when you look at, it seems like Fulham and Brentford doing well mm. as well. And we've seen these players play well. And we've added to them, like I say, until that mad trolley dash at the end of the summer, we were all sat here like, yeah, it's been a good summer, this. We've done what we needed to do, bar a couple of things, which will, which will hopefully happen. And then, it, yeah, we needed help. But it was like two players, wasn't it? It wasn't like a get all this squad out and we need to change them all. I think the squad's, there's, there's talent there, I think, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Rafinha leaving is the main one. Calvin sort of half counts because he was injured for so much of last season. But also, so, like, Phillips and Rafinha, Phillips just didn't seem to fit into Marsh's system or he came back unfit, I don't really know. And then Rafinha was a right wing back but produced <laughs> the long throws on Jesse Marsh. So, like, were they that integral to it all anyway? I don't mm. know. £100 million Rafinha. Yes, maybe. Would you have him back? For £100 million? Like, maybe less? <laughs> <laughs> on loan with Barcelona picking up all his If wages. I just say to him, you don't have to pay us uh, what you owe us if we'll just have him back. We'll just re- retake ownership of him. I think we're probably need that money <laughs> to, to pay for our other signings so I don't know a direct swap they can have um, Furpo back hmm. yeah that would be fair possibly yeah because we probably owe them money for Must be. we'll be able to work some out <laughs> some sort of deal yeah absolutely yeah I think it's the better squad I mean like, he's, he's had like the best part of 150 million quid spent on it so yeah I was looking at the players who played particularly central midfield or sort of attacking midfield last year and you had I mean obviously Click is now out out of there but he Played twenty six, get started twenty six games last year, but then you had like Forshaw starting seventeen, and then Roberts and Shackleton both starting seven each. Mm. And I don't think that caliber of player is getting that many games in this with this squad. No, and that was the issue last year. That was when we were saying what is going wrong. It was central midfield, wasn't it? We were well and left back because that was always the case, and up front. But central, <laughs> midf- but apart from that, <laughs> but central midfield, I think was the main issue last season, wasn't it? Because it was the it was the summer everyone going. 
just buy a central midfielder, please God. Yeah. And then we actually did it in this summer. So might be in for another one. You never know. We never know. You never know. Uh, well, there's some more Leeds fans and Villa fans. I'm interested to get the Villa take as well because they were actually quite level-headed versus uh, some of the stuff that we've um, we've heard from our own fans. But let's should we should we enjoy Liverpool first because I feel like you know we, we need to get onto the next course of the of this long dinner that we are having here. Mm. They're just trying to compete with their city rivals, aren't they? I think for who can be the, the most upset at the moment. Yeah. So this is from. Um, Anfield agenda. Anfield agenda. Yeah. That's it. So it's not the normal. Speaking of the, if we're going to keep drawing lines of bold or not bold, this is a not bold Northern Irishman on Anfield agenda. The main man on it is a bold Northern Irishman. So this is this is the Amu's bush before the main course in a minute. Yeah. Hmm. This team is absolutely fucking awful. We are playing abysmal. This is one of the most embarrassing performances I've watched us put in. It's absolutely embarrassing. And Jordan Henderson, get out of the... No, not get out of the football club. Just get on the bench and get relegated to the Milner Road because you should not be starting for this football club anymore. You're not good enough. Yeah, we are fucked. Liverpool are fucked for good. We're finished. Without midfield investment, we're done. I knew Brighton were going to fucking win. I should have put my whole fucking life savings on them. Maybe I could fucking... Oh, fuck off. Brian are in again here. Brian are in again. Brian are in again. It's 2 0. It's fucking 2 0. March. 2 0 fucking Brighton. 2 0 fucking Brighton. Well, fuck me, pink. 2 0 Brighton. Sorry, March at the double. It's 2 0. And this football club is in fucking ruins. We are fucking finished. We are done. It's 2 0 Brighton. We are finished. Kiss goodbye to top four. Kiss goodbye to winning trophies and say hello to mediocrity because I tell you what, Liverpool Football Club are absolutely fucking finished. Andy Robertson, by the way, what the fuck are you doing? Get him off as well, you iron brew haggis merchant. What are you doing? That is absolutely shit defending. We are so, so fucking shit. We are so bad. What a goal from Brighton. 3-0 to them. Danny Welbeck, the goal scorer. It is 3-0 to fucking Brighton. Danny Welbeck has scored. I didn't even know that man was still fucking alive. We are a fucking embarrassment of a football club. And John W. Henry, you old, decrepit, Bostonian ball sack. I hope you fuck off out of this club. Get the fuck out. You are ruining this club from the inside out, you poisonous, verminous <laughs> Right. Yay for American ownership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, wow. Won the, won the league. I mean, yeah, and they've won the European Cup. That's, I mean, that's the loyalty that Jordan Henderson gets when he... Oh, no. Henderson, get... Oh, all right. <laughs> get on the bench. They're kind of there with Klopp at the moment as well, because they're like, he does, he does need to... They remind, actually, to be fair, the Klopp's made me a bit sad because it reminded me of us last year with Bielsa when things were going wrong and you were like, oh, someone maybe just needs to make some tweaks to make things a bit better. Somebody stage an intervention. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. Is that all the players that they really loved? They hate them all now, which is a bit of a shame. That was the uh, the perfect audio representation of being a football fan, though, when he's trying to, don't know, quite know what to say. He just goes, fuck off. <laughs> I just think that. <laughs> to be fair, you can also find yourself doing that. You know, when you score, safety away fans have been giving you a little bit of jit, mm. and you just kind of go, yeah, 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 because that that's where the, they are in relation to me, by the way, just over there. That was the thing of, at the end of last season, the Brighton home game. And I was sat in that bit of the West Ham below the away fans. Mm. And when Stroud equalised right at the end, because they'd been giving <laughs> shit, nobody knew which way to turn. I was like, <laughs> fuck, I mean, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right, let's hear from the Villa fans then about what they thought of the uh, of the Friday night performance. Is, is this perhaps the most level-headed we're going to get? And it's opposition fans. <laughs> yeah, possibly. The Villa view is this, which is Dan Bardell, if you listen to any of the Athletics England stuff, he does that. Is the Brummy man who I'd, 
assumed was in his sixties, and then you're looking up and he's about thirty odd. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, he's got he's got. I think it's because he just sounds a bit Adrian Charlesy, and in my head, he's the same man. I thought Leeds were pretty good, but I thought Villa's defending was good. Yeah. You sound about that corner, that first corner coming in. Villa didn't defend that well, but got away with it and came out with, with the attack. Villa, I thought Leeds caused us problems in in the, uh, the whole game, but in, in particular the first half, I thought they played with such energy and temper, and we kind of sat sat back a little bit, particularly towards the end of the first half. But actually, we showed some resilience and some good defending. And Emmy Martinez is save sensible, isn't it? Did cause some problems. Yeah, we did. Although there's an next clip where they're talking um, a bit about Adams and Nonsa in particular, and he, he does also mention our defence in this as well. I think Tyler Adams in their midfield just really made them take all over the place. You know, Good just the, ability, the way that we talk about Kamara, Leeds fans are beginning to look at him and go, he's, he's able to do all these things as a defensive midfielder and be a pivot in there. And I think he was impressive. They're back four, shaky as hell. For Leeds, it kind of falls down in both penalty areas, I would say, but what's in between... He's, he's very, very nice. I thought Gananto was, was electric all night. Gananto. Mm. Yeah. Falls down in both penalty areas. It's about the size of it though, isn't it? Yeah. Although we are scoring quite a few. It's just we're conceding too many versus how many we're scoring. Yeah. I suppose you'd look at the chances in that game though. You'd say Rodrigo going around the keeper and then the Harrison one at the far post as well. It's not um, It's not great when a Villa fan watches Mings every week and goes, God, that Leeds defence looks a bit ropey. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> He is funny, uh, Tyrone Mings, isn't he? Whichever way you're dressed. Well, unless you stamp it on your face, which you've done once or twice. But apart from that, <laughs> hey, well, speaking of things um, up top, we've got our scoring talisman, Pat Bamford, is working his way back in. We've got a new shiny toy in the form of Jorginho Ruter. So everything's looking all right now, isn't it? Um, Bay Area Brandon. Very happy to see Patrick on the bench. Very happy to see Patrick on the field. And extremely happy to see Patrick scoring goals. I know it's been a frustrating long road, and I know that we have this shiny new toy that's coming in, but for all of the faults that we've had and all of the setbacks that Patrick Bamford has had over the last two seasons, it was really nice to see him get a deserved goal, get back on the field, and uh, I, I hope we get to see more of Patrick and uh, in great form as we carry on through the rest of the season. Cheers, Bay Area Brandon. So Pat's back, you see. He is back. I was I was glad to see him, and I'm glad he's got a goal because Christ, it's been a long time. But if ever there was a place he was going to score, it was going to be Villa Park because he always scores at Villa Park, doesn't he? Uh, did he score last year? No, he was injured, probably wasn't he? He's got the hat trick the year before. He did. Beautiful. He did, he did do that one. His hair was looking nice on his comeback. I thought it looked like he'd combed it, and he looked like a smart young man. Go <laughs> on, Pat. After your little uh, experiment, trying to grow it earlier in the year, he sorted himself out. Yeah, it didn't really grow long, did it? It just grew out. Yeah. I mean, if you if you really like Pat Bamford, you could always get a mug with his face on it. <laughs> Where could you buy such a thing? Well, I mean, if only I knew so, the squareball.net, isn't it? If anyone wants to put a bull card room, we've got quite a few. <laughs> How many have we got, Michael? About hundred, I think. We've got about hundred Pat Bamford mugs. <laughs> Cannot shift them full of normally. Mate, well, we 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 got him done when he just was right at his peak. Yeah, he's got it's got England Lions on it, hasn't it? Yeah. Lovely picture of him. <laughs> lions are just nice, aren't they? If you just want a in lion his, mug. In his George Michael phase as well. So if you're a fan of George Michael or Wham mm. as well. Buy it. Could probably just throw a little. No, actually, he didn't have a go to when he was in Wham, did he? I was going to say. You could put you it on, could. but it'd wash off because the dishwasher's safe as well. That's the importance that of stress. So you could just draw it on with a little um, non permanent marker and you could you could have it with a beard or without. Mm. So it's a, it's a customizable mug. Is that the cell? Is that good enough cell for you? That's, that'll do. The square ball, don't that? Have a look at mugs. All right, let's wrap it up then on some fun, uh, more fun with, with Everton fans. Should we hear from, uh, from our friend Frank first or. 
you want the... Let's, uh, let's go with Frank first. I presume okay. he's taking responsibility for the state that they're in. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of myself now, we're in a tough moment, so everything can look tough and feel tough. But in terms of my um, my abilities, I always remain confident about that because I know I'm not a miracle worker. I know I'm not the best coach in the world necessarily. I mean, to, to proclaim that would be I would be stupid anyway because so many people have got things and successes behind them. But I know I'll work as hard as I can be to be as good as I can be. And I think that's that's it. That is it. He's not one of... He's not the best coach but he, he's one of them and people might have been saying it but they'd be wrong he wouldn't say it himself because no. the others have trophies and stuff but it wasn't for if it wasn't for those trophies mm. yeah. you know, he'd be in the conversation maybe. yeah he's not won them yet is what he's saying there's something quite telling about you know obviously like people in the comments that we've received here just don't want to hear from Jesse anymore and everything he says seems to be wrong and, and you were saying it like uh, was it on the match ball Michael like, do you think he's... Oh, was it the Phil H? I can't remember. But he's saying, does he, does he talk too much? Mm. Does he say too much when he answers? But it's an interesting technique, isn't it? If you're, if you're ever interviewing somebody or you're sat in a room with somebody or you're on the phone with somebody, the best way to get them to talk is just not to say anything. So sometimes if you, if you just wait and let the silence hang, people feel obliged to fill it. And I wonder sometimes if that's what football managers do and say silly things. I think Lampard's so confident in himself. He, he thinks he's churning out some absolute gold when he's doing his press conferences. Like, probably leaving it and going like, yeah. <laughs> You're not projecting at all there, though. <laughs> Fucking nailed another one. Piece of piss, this. I'm good at this. I'm not, I'm not the best, but boy, am I good. <laughs> and I guess we could uh, complete the journey, circle of life, and circle back to um, to where we started on this, which was Everton fans going mental. Uh, loads of people will have seen this on Twitter and on various other socials of their fans. It, were they confronting the players leaving the stadium after the game? They seem to have got little... Um roadblocks from somewhere it was quite resourceful of them they seem to have like the proper you know they have when roadworks are being done the little plastic barriers seem to put them across streets to stop players leaving I saw one of there was there were a few players Anthony Gordon was being called a rat as he was leaving so they could, what was it 45 or 50 million they turned down for him from Chelsea fucking brilliant that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> there's that young lad they've just recalled on loan from yeah. Sunderland he's only about 19 He's sort of doing all right at Sunderland. They've dragged him back to this mess and now he's not getting let out of the stadium. <laughs> Apparently he just looked horrified by it. I thought, the poor kid, Christ. <laughs> yeah, so Anthony Gordon didn't get out of his car to chat. We just want to chat. <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck it out. <laughs> but Yerry Mina did. And I think when Yerry Mina got out, they went from being furious to having that moment of going, oh, he's a big bastard. Fucking hell, he's big. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was like six foot six. Go on, Tez, you go talk to him, Tez. You go talk to him. <laughs> but this is, this is someone, I mean... Bear in mind, Yermina is Colombian. Yeah. So he's trying to understand this let's in, apply, in, let's, a, in let's, a second language. So second language, but let's apply some uh, some stereotypes to Colombians as well. He's seen things. Oh, there's, there's a lot of Scouse noise there. Lad. Lad. Mm. Speak up, lad. Speak up, lad. Show a bit of manliness, lad. Yeah. Should have lamped him when he said that. <laughs> 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 fucking knocked him clean out. Uh, just to go back to something we spoke about on the last propaganda, Stevie Nichols' finger. Mm. We did try. You actually asked for an update, didn't you? I did. The, the um, Stevie Nichols' finger infection that burst on the table of ESPN. <laughs> yeah, that. And what's it's called the, the guy who hosts it. He, Dan something, isn't it? Yes, but he he put a tweet out asking if there were any questions, and I did ask for an up the finger update. Yeah, the smell, whether it's still there, which um, which was described by Stevie Nichol himself as sm- it smells like dog dirt. And we'll finish on this comment then from Fergus McLeeds, 
who is having a pop at Jesse, says, I appreciate we're a threat going forwards, but we're just dogged dirt at the back. Far too easy to score against, um, and so on and so forth. But it was just it's nice to know that that's it's getting cultural traction again, thanks mm. to the, thanks to this show. I want Dog Muck to come back as yeah. well. No one talks about oh, he's got dog book on his shoes. It's turning into a Peter K sketch, isn't it? It is really, yeah. Sorry. Right, we'll wrap it up there, then we'll return with more. Bring proper... my finger in. We'll bring... <laughs> <laughs> on which on which bombshell? Uh <laughs> I can't top that. We'll we'll speak to you soon. <laughs> I didn't expect. No, I didn't. <laughs> the Square Ball Podcast. 